that, I got over it. Because I realized that an offense taken was the ability of man to destroy who I was in Christ. Now, you, you can do whatever you want to me. I'm not going to be offended to you. doesn't mean I'm going to let you keep doing it. It means I'm going to move out of your target range because of your physical, emotional, and spiritual weaknesses. And I'm going to consider you, and I'm going to bear your burden in that when you do something foolish, you're never going to do it to me again because I'm going to move out of your way. And I'll let you run headlong into your own destruction. But I won't let you affect me again. Now, I will forgive you, but that doesn't mean that I keep letting you beat me up. I'm going to move out of the way, let you run right on by me, and I'm going to go on with life. Now, people get offended, fearful, think that they have to justify their self because they just don't trust God. Any man that is honest and sincere and not responsible for what, he, what is happening to him understand that he's not worried about the outcome. Because if you're suffering for righteousness' sake, guess what? Nothing's going to happen to you. Jesus proved that. But now if you did something, you're going to suffer for it. You're going to reap your repercussions. But if you didn't do anything, trust God that he'll bring you through. But if you did do something, go make restitution. Either way, you can get out of it. But what happens is this. People are so fearful of men. People have asked me, well, you know, or have told me, so-and-so spreading a rumor about you. I said, ah, don't worry about it. The people that know me won't believe it. And everybody else is expecting to hear something to get even with me. I'm not concerned about people that don't know me. People that know me know there's no way he did that. Absolutely no way. But people that don't know me will believe a lie. Who could have believed that Jesus was a prophet raised from the dead? Only those that didn't know him. Those that knew him knew Mama. Mama Mary. Mama Mary. Mary, what happened? Well, an angel came to me, and this is what he said. And lo and behold, after nine months, I gave birth. You want to know what really happened? You had to know Mama Mary. And then she knew Jesus, so people... Disciples wouldn't leave Jesus. Only those that questioned his birthright were those that started rumors about him. So, folks, when people talk about you, you got to realize this. Everybody has degrees. If you're a 20% Christian, you have 80% carnality. Either you're a spiritual person or you're a carnal person. Right? Well, I, I think they can mix. We got a name for you, hypocrite. Now, I'm not being mean. I'm trying to teach you something. You know what? They're 40% Christians. So you got to realize there's 60% of carnality available to them. And on, on any given day, you can fall into that percentage and you will become a victim of their unbelief or their lack of Christ-likeness. There are people that have 80 and there are people that are 100%, thank God. But you've got to realize this. In other words, that 100% is very small. 
So anybody that you run around with, you better be tolerant enough, and you should be, to bear their weaknesses, their mishaps, and their shortcomings, even when they're against you. But you have to trust that God's love is going to watch over you. So don't fear who you get involved with. Fear that you will start fearing. But love people. Love people. Be encouraged and don't let fear cause you to start protecting yourself. Could it get an amen? Everybody thinks that everybody's got to know everything about everybody else except for you. Come on. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sins and a whole lot of lack of it will unveil it. Why does it unveil it? Fear of comparison, fear of acceptance, fear of value in somebody else's life. No, love demands that we promote our brothers over ourselves. Amen? So there is a fear of even being wronged in a relationship, in a marriage. How many of you can just love your spouse no matter what they're doing wrong? Very few of us. Now, my love is filled, my marriage is filled with love and a great big dose of fear of Phyllis. <laughs> and I'm kidding. But it is a fearful thing when a hillbilly gets raging mad in closed quarters. Uh, now, I will say that. Now, what if you just loved your wife or your husband? Here's your challenge. Love your wife or your husband without any expectation of return. What if you did that? Oh, that might fall into that hundredfold. That might fall into the Jesus likeness. That might fall into Judas, I know you're going to do wrong, but go ahead. I still love you and I'm still here to serve you. See, we don't love people because we are afraid of the outcomes of life. Now, love casts out all fear. If you get a revelation of how much God loves you, you are not dependent upon men for acceptance or value or promotion or success. You depend on love. Romans 8 chapter says this. What's it? Verse 35, I believe it is. Oh, there you go. Who shall separate us from the what? Shall tribulation? Now, what is tribulation after? Oh, it's after my faith. Well, really, tribulation is after the revelation of God's love for you because without it, faith will never work. And then it says this, tribulation or distress. Wow, or distress. That ought to tell you. When you start fighting in your house and distress is rising up, you ought to realize it's not just about you and your wife. It's about the devil trying to get you separated from the love of God. Now, what is the problem? Be quiet. Love each other. Well, she just won't shut up. Run towards her naked and put a lip lock on her. She'll be quiet. Some young people don't even know what a lip lock is. It's you put your lips to her lips. And you just kiss her till she passes out 
or pushes away and takes a breath and comes back. Then it says this, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, lack of provision, or peril, or sword. Next verse. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, 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 nay. In all these things we are more than conquerors. How? Through him that loved us or the provision that he's made. Next verse. Oh, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, there should never be anything that can make you fear. Did you hear me? Make you fear. Only when these things are having an effect on you, will you start fearing the outcome? Now, let's talk about where fear, the fear of the Lord comes from. We're talking about the fear of the Lord. Remember, this is what it simply means. This is real simple. I said to somebody, somebody said, well, it's simple to you. I said, listen, I'm the most simple-minded person I know. And I know myself pretty intimately. And Phyllis has confirmed my simplicity. Now, watch this. Here's what fearing the Lord or having the fear of the Lord as your compass means. Real simple. It's not complicated. Fear of failure is not from God. But you can be intimidated by different types of fear. Now it says this. I wrote these down. There are, simply means this, that there are signs, acts, and deeds that God has laid out for you in the Word that show you the way of His choice. In any situation, there is a way that is plainly seen by you. Through his word, therefore it is filled with wisdom, delivers you from the destruction and the plans of the enemy. Now notice that the fear of the Lord as a compass simply has deeds, acts, and reactions to things that happen to you in life. Now there are different types of compasses. This is the compass of carnality. When you are wronged, you get mad, bitter, ticked off, divisive, and destructive with your words and your actions. That's the compass of carnality. You hear that? Get rid of that compass. Far too many Christians live under the compass of carnality. Too many of them. We are so easily overthrown. And the Hebrews 12, 2 tells us, get rid of the weight and the sin that does so easily besets you. In other words, it's very easy for you to get off course. Why? 
because you have a carnal compass in your life. But we don't want that compass. We want to take that compass and we want to throw it in the trash. Let it be taken away. We don't want to find it ever again. But when you have the compass of God, what you do is you don't respond carnally. You don't respond out of fear. You don't respond out of offense. You don't respond out of anger. You don't respond out of of jealousy. You don't respond out of self-justification. You respond because of this compass right here. You come right back to the Word of God and say, God, what should I do to them that are lying about me? You come right back here to the compass and you find a lie is but for a moment, but truth endureth forever. So God is saying, hold fast when people are lying. Just hold fast. Don't get involved. God has already decreed what will happen. Truth will endure forever. So automatically, God someday is going to bring truth up out of a lie. Trust the Lord. Stand. Let the time process go. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord. So what does it mean? Simply this that you put the compass, the fear of the Lord, right here in front of you, which means that you reverence God, a place of great value. You put him in the highest place of influence in your life and that you do what he tells you to do no matter what the results are promising you. Now, these ways when acted on, place God as the governor of your ship or of your life. When you give yourself to the means and the ways and the word and the statutes of God, you're giving yourself to him. And you're doing it because you trust in his love. You trust in his love. Love will never fail you. And then the laws and the ways, the acts of God are a way of moral purity. Or when you act the way that God wants you to act in a situation, remember that the righteousness of God is pure and without sin. Do it the way that God wants you to do it. Now, the ways, the purposes, the voice, or the direction of God set the moral compass. That simply means that when we do things God's way, we do it the upright way. We do it in righteousness. We do it in purity. We do it in goodness. We do it in faithfulness. We do it in respect and honor to God. Now, why would we, we respect and honor God? Because of the discovery of his love. You know why I put God in charge of my life? Because he purchased my life. You put your life in charge of, of God because you believe in his love for you. 
right? Don't you believe that Jesus died on the cross because God loved you? Well, absolutely. That is the beginning of the union of living a life without fear. You know what I don't fear? Is judgment. Well, well you missed the mark and you do that. So, my heavenly Father will chastise me. But it's none of your business and it's none of your carnality or carnal compass to reject me as a brother. Unless I refuse to repent. But if I do repent seven times 70, you better embrace me with the love kiss of the brother. Greet every brother with a kiss. Phil's dad one time asked a, asked a preacher in a, uh, another church, said, hey, I know you guys greet brother with a holy kiss. He said, yeah. He said, do the women do it too? He's going to go down and get a kiss from a woman. <laughs> now listen. These acts of God, the ways of God, are the ways of the moral purity of our lives and of the compass. Could again, amen. When we don't do them, the reason we don't do what God has asked us or told us to do, remember, he shows you from the beginning to the end. The reason that we fear the outcome is because we are not settled and rooted in the love of God and his faithfulness. It does, look, if you kill me, it doesn't matter. I'm coming back. I'll be bucked. So what, why are you afraid? Well, 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 who really knows? I know what happens after I die. I want to be ushered by angels into the presence of the Lord. Because to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. I'm not afraid of what's going to happen if you kill me. No, no, I don't care. What does that mean? That means I trust in God's covenant of love for my life and I am not afraid please hear me I am not one iota afraid of death and where it brings me to the judgment seat of Christ why because the judgment seat of Christ is filled with mercy I don't fear judgment that's what the believer is set free from is the fear of the outcome of eternal life. So handle your suffering the way God would have you handle it. That's the fear of the Lord. But anytime you forsake the way of God, you are fearing something other than God. Now, we fear God because of an honorable reverence, not a terror but an honorable reverence to say, God, you love me, and I trust in your love and mercy. Though I have failed a million times, I trust in you. I trust in you. Remember the old song, Just As You Are? Without one plea, just come to Jesus the way you are. But, but what, what if I sinned and I don't know about it? Well, then God hasn't chastised me about it. Why am I afraid of that? Now, let's, let's go to Leviticus 25, 17 to 22. 
Let's see just what God said. This, this is why you and I can live a bold life. And it says, And ye shall sow the eighth year, and eat yet of the old fruit until the ninth year. Until her fruits come in, ye shall eat of the old store. Next verse. And the land shall not be sold forever, for the land is mine, for ye were strangers and sojourners with me. And in all the land of your possessions, ye shall grant a redemption for the Lord. And if thy brother be wax poor and hath sold away all of his possessions, and if any of the kin, kin come to redeem it, then shall he redeem that which his brother hath sold. And I said, 25, 21, is that what I said? Yep, that's what I said. Praise God. Now let's go to Leviticus 18, 19 through 23. Then I want to show you something in all of this. It tells you there about a poverty-stricken brother. Never be afraid to express brotherly love. Now, in Leviticus, the 18th chapter, yep, the 19th verse, watch this. So thou shalt not reproach, approach, I'm sorry, reproach, approach unto a woman under her nakedness as long as she is apart from her uncleanness. Next verse. Moreover, thou shalt not lie carnally with thy neighbor's wife to defile thyself with her. Next verse. Thou shalt not let any of thy seed pass through the fire of Moloch, neither shalt thou profane the name of the Lord thy God. I am the Lord. Next verse. Then it says, And thou shalt not lie with mankind as with woman. It is an abomination. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself with therewith. Neither shall any woman stand beside a beast to lie down thereto. It is confusion. Now, what are those things? They are the laws, the statutes, and the judgments of God. The fear of the Lord is to dominate our relationships with other people. You want me to tell you why a man lies with another man's wife? He doesn't fear God. Oh, my wife wasn't satisfying me. You're a liar. You do not fear God. Remember, you don't fear God because of your carnal compass. You love yourself. Come on, I'm trying to be honest with you. Want me to know why a woman sleeps with another man? Because she doesn't fear God. That's why I tell you single people, if somebody pulls their pants down in front of you, they're pulling their pants down in front of God. And they did it in front of God, they'll do it behind your back. So you just understand whatever they're doing in front of you, they're going to be doing behind you. Oh, no, they'll be faithful, said the fool. They will never be faithful until they get a dose of a revelation of God's love and fear the Lord. But they fear, oh, I might miss an opportunity. So what are you going to miss? What, tell, tell me what you miss in an affair. What, well, her body got all the same parts as you got at home. Well, yeah, yeah, but it'll be, it'll be what? 
It'll be, you think it's going to fulfill your imagination? That's why you're going to have to come back for another time. That's why once you violate the marriage covenant, you're going to continue to violate it. Stop and fear the Lord. God delivered you once. Bank on his love keeping you. Now let's look at Leviticus 19, 1 through 4. This is just amazing that the fear of the Lord governs all of our relationships. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for the Lord your God am holy. And ye shall fear every man his mother and his father, and keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord God. Turn ye not to idols, nor make to yourselves molten gods. I am the Lord your God. Now notice what God governs, relationships. He governs the house by the fear of the Lord. You kids, you obey God and honor your mother and father, and God will add to the length of your days. But if you don't, prepare to die early. Why? It's not that God's going to kill you, but you can limit the protection of your life by the fear of the Lord that you walk into. Amen? And then it tells us about the relationships that we have. We must always be governed by our relationships with fear. You know how, just take a little imagination trip with me here. How many of you have ever heard about another friend taking another friend's wife? I've heard lots of them. Why would a friend take another man's wife? Because he doesn't fear God. He doesn't fear God. Listen, it would be nice to know that if you are my friend, my wife is safe in your hands. But you need to have a fear of the Lord before I'll ever trust her with you. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Absolutely. Now let's go to uh, Leviticus 19, 11 through 19. 11 through 19. I know it's a lot of scripture, but we need to get this in our head. Ye shall not steal, neither deal falsely, neither lie one to another. Woo! And ye shall not swear by my name falsely, neither shall Thou profane the name of the Lord, I am the Lord. And thou shalt not defraud thy neighbor, neither rob him. The wages that is, he is hired shall not abide with thee all night until the morning. Thou shalt not curse the deaf and put a stumbling block before the blind, but thou shalt fear thy God, and I am the Lord. And you shall not do unrighteousness in judgment. Thou shalt, thou shalt not respect the person of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty, but, I in, but in righteousness thou shalt judge thy neighbor. And thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer 
among thy people. Boy, that stopped a lot of movement in the church. Anyway, and thy people, neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor, nor suffer sin upon him. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear thy and grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. And ye shall keep my statutes. Thou shalt not let the cattle gender with a different kind, and thou shalt not sow thy field with mingled seed. Neither shall a garment mingled of linen and wool come up on thee. What is God talking about? He's talking about dwelling in a community. And the only thing that can govern a community is the fear of the Lord. We keep the commandments of God because he loves us. And we express our love to him by keeping those commandments. Right? Absolutely. So if we don't govern that, then we are not going to have any place with God. And then it tells us a real unique thing, right? I didn't miss the very thing. Don't sow thy fields or don't sow into your cattle diverse seed. In other words, don't crossbreed things. In other words, don't try to be led with the compass of God, the fear of the Lord, and the compass of carnality because you will defile yourself. Now, let's go to Leviticus 19 and verse 30 through 37. Somebody say, thank God for Leviticus. <laughs> okay, thank you. Hallelujah. Ye shall keep my Sabbath and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards, but be defiled, to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head and honor the face of the old man and fear thy God. I am the Lord. And if a stranger sojourn with thee in your land, ye shall not vex him. But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as a one born among you, and thou shalt love him as thyself, for thou wert a stranger in the land of Egypt, and I am the Lord your God. And ye shall do righteousness in what? And ye shall might yard in weight or in measure, just balances, just weights, a just Ephraim and a just hen shall you have, and I am the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Therefore ye shall observe all my statutes and all my judgments to do them. I am the Lord. Again, God is telling us how to fear him in life and in relationships. If you don't know how to respond to a situation, then you need to spend time in Scripture. Amen? Let's quickly go to Deuteronomy 6.1. I know you say, oh, my word, we've got a lot of Scripture. The reason I'm using a lot of Scripture and just not talking about it is because people just don't understand how important the fear of the Lord is. The fear of the Lord, the government of God, that which reveals his love for us, 
You say, well, how does that reveal love in relationship? Because if everybody loves God, then God will be reverenced and honored in their life and our families and our neighborhoods and we ourselves will be safe. You know, we ought to be able to have a place of safety in the body of Christ. We should never have to fear about our weaknesses or our shortcomings being scattered across the horizons about another brother. We should never ever have to worry about somebody rejecting us because they heard we made a mistake. We should never ever have to fear about a church embracing us because we are not rich or we're not poor. We are all the same. Could again, amen. All right. Then it says this. Now, these are the commandments, <clears throat> the statutes and the judgment which the Lord commanded to teach you that ye might do them in the land whither you go to possess it. And thou, that thou mightest what? That thou mightest what? That thou mightest what? Now go back to the first verse. And these are the commandments of the statute and the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that you might do them, do them, do them in the land whether you go to possess it. That thou mightest fear, fear, fear the Lord. Now notice, God gives us statutes, commandments, and laws. If you abide by them, you will be ruled by the honorary place that you put God by your own free will and made him Lord of your life. If you do not keep them, you dispel your declaration of your love for him and his honorary rule of your life. See, God only rules in a man's life by an honorary position. You can choose life and death, blessing and cursing, good and evil. You get to choose. Whosoever you submit your members to, that's whose Lord is over your life. But when you, by a declaration of the love of God from the cross to you, accept that love, the only thing that a man can do is to love God because of the discovery of his love. We love him because he first loved us. So we give him the honorary position of Lord over our life. It's honorary. You can take it back anytime you want. Now it's honorary. And if you love God, then you must submit to the rule of God which is an honorary reverence of the Lord. If you don't love God, here comes the carnal compass. But if you do love him, here is the compass of fear. Remember, fear is an honorable reverence of the free will of God based on his love for you. We love him because he first loved us. You can never love God any deeper than you discover his love for you. Got it? 
So where is fear born? Fear is born out of the revelation of God's love and provision for your life. And since he said it, why would you fear him being unfaithful? Why would you fear him not coming through for you? Why would you fear him not rescuing you? Why would you fear him not being kind to a brother? Why would you fear him by crossing over and filling your own lust? Why would you fear him by treating somebody less than who he treated you? Well, you wouldn't. All right, let's finish that verse, and then we're going, we're going to close. Hallelujah. And it says this, that thou mightest fear the Lord. Now, now here's how. Fear the Lord to, to keep his statutes, his commandments, which I command thee and thy son and thy son's son all the days of thy life, that thou mayest prolong, thy days may be prolonged. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with you. You live in the fear of the Lord, it'll be well with you. And it would be well with thee that thou mayest increase mightily as the Lord thy God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. One more verse. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Now, what dominates your life? Your career? Self-centeredness? Fear of others. You'd be, you'd be surprised how many people are afraid of others. They're afraid of people. So let's let God's word, his statutes, his ways, his ordinances, his voice and his will, all revealed in the will, to govern you by an honorary reverence that you gave him when you surrendered your life to him. Now, if you have not done that, then you do understand that when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ because you've rejected the love of God, every man will tremble with the trembling that cannot be recorded because you will stand in front of God who has come to the end of his mercy for your life. It's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of a living God. You say, well, man, you're scaring me. Hope to God I scare you some way. Maybe scare you enough to get H out of you. Maybe to scare you enough that you lay down that old carnal compass. Maybe scare you enough to think, oh, man, I, I haven't been living like that. And the reason you haven't been living like that, you've just never discovered how much God loves you. The fear of the Lord is born out of a discovery of God's love for you. And Jesus said this, if you love me because you've discovered how much I love you, remember, we love him because he loves us. If you love me because of the discovery that I brought to you about the love of God, you'll keep my commandments. You will allow me to honorarily rule you by a reverence for me. How many of us do that? 
We need to let God rule us. Honorary reverence because of a personal decision to surrender to his love. How much of it did you surrender? 80%, 20%, 10%, 5%? It amazes me that Christians fight like people in the family. We are not a bunch of carnal people born of natural seed. We are born of the love of God. Well, they've got this and they've got that. Listen, be careful. Because if you see a speck in your brother's eye, there's a whole log jam. In other words, buddy, there's a whole fire waiting to explode in your head. There's a log jam. For every speck you find, there's a log jam. Look beyond the speck and see God's potential for his life. I don't want a log jam in my head. I want to be able to see clearly, love clearly, trust clearly, commit tr clearly, support clearly. I want to do it in the fear of the Lord. And if the Lord said for me to love you like I'd love myself, you'll never ever fear me wronging you. Never. I will not lie to you. I will not promise to do things that I cannot do. At my own hurt, I will make a promise or I will make a vow to you. I'm not going to covet your wife because I've heard what you say in the counseling appointment. I'm not going to covet your wife at all. I'm not that crazy. I've got one of my own. So why would I covet? You know what? I'm not going to deceive you. I'm not going to twist things to get something you've got. I'm not going to do it. Why? Because I fear the Lord. I fear the Lord that I see the end of his love for me. A judgment with mercy. So I have nothing to fear by being involved with you or walking with you or helping you. God is who I fear. Amen? Hallelujah. Every head bowed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul, it is well with my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul put God in his rightful honorary place that is the honorary reverence due to God let us do things justly rightly let us do things of the right mind and the right motive let us do things the way that God's statutes, commandments, and judgments 
tell us to do. Let us choose not our will, but his will in every situation. Be prepared to face life. Find out what God says to do in them. Never give space, no, not for one moment, to the devil or to the carnal compass that seeks to be used. No, we set the course of our compass by the fear of the Lord. It is set deep within the love that God has for us. And we willfully give him the honorary position to direct our life. Not our way, God, your way. Not our will, but your will. God, lead us and rule us by your spirit, by your word. God, be the captain of every life and the captain of every ship. God, we are involved, but Father, we are so deeply connected to you that all we want people to see is, boy, they always put God first. They honor the Lord. You see how he reverences God? You see how he doesn't speak against his brother? You see that you can't get him to say anything negative about his church or about his government or about the workplace? Where do such people like that come from? They come from the secret abodes of God. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. With my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. The third and fourth vertebras are being healed. And uh, there's also an inflamed, what they call a deflated disc, causing great pain on a nerve. And uh, uh, God is healing that. And uh, I don't know how long you've been in pain with that, but God is healing that right now. Is that you in the gray sh shirt? Clear up at the top. Who is that right there that has been having that pain? Who is it? Is, the, is that true what I just said? Come right down here. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. You know, God is the God of miracles. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, he is. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. What's that next part of it? When peace like a river tendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, thou hast Thou hast called me to say, It is well, it is well with my soul. Hallelujah. Have uh, they shot needles into your back? Did they give you a, a shot, an injection into your back? Yes, they have. They have. They have. I saw that coming in. Um, but I'll tell you what. I mean, you know the power of God is greater than any needle, any medication, or anything that is needed. Amen? I, I believe that. Hallelujah. Praise God. You ready, sir? Pardon? You ready? Yes. All right. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, oh, God, for your glory, right now, God, I loose the working of miracles. In the name of Jesus, I command God these vertebras, and I command God these ruptured, deteriorating, deflated discs come out of him right now. I command God all of this nerve damage and disruption, God, into this knee right now and this leg. I command you to come out of him right now. Oh, God, I loose the working of miracles. I loose the working of miracles in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, tell me what you got going. Come on, take it. It feels better. Okay, come on. Let you, let you and I just walk. Are you married? Yes. Good. Can you chase her around the house? Not yet. Not yet. Well, you, you're, you're about to go on a chase. You're about to go on a chase. Tell me about the pain right now. It's, it's going away. It's going away. Okay, good. It's going to go all the way. And let me tell you something. This is not coming back on you. This is not coming back on you. It is not coming back. You're changing addresses from the afflicted to the healed. From the afflicted to the healed. Where is his wife? Come on down here, young lady. Hallelujah. Reason I call her a young lady, you're, you're young. Yes, yeah, she is younger. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you never thought she'd look 40 years younger. Right? All right, we're good. Let's take a longer step here. Come on. How long have you been like this? About since 2014. About 14, five years. And how did it happen? Just from driving truck for 40 years. Wow. 
So, all right, come on, let's walk a little faster. Now, you know he's going to be a new man. Hallelujah. So you better make hang a thing on the door, say, don't disturb. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, now, let's lift it up. Tell me what you got. No pain. No pain. No pain. You're going home. It's not going to come back. Now, you start taking bigger strides when you get home. You don't have any pain, so you go home, hang the door thing on there quick, and hallelujah. All righty? God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Shout hallelujah. It is well with my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. There's a teen here. I see uh, you, I don't know, you got hit. You was in a bat football uh, game. And uh, some way you injured yourself and you haven't recovered from that injury. And I believe it's on the right side that it happened. I don't know if it's a neck, a shoulder, arm. But you have been injured from that football and it hasn't healed right. Now, who is that? that? It's a teen that's here today. Who is it? Who is it? Wherever you are, lift your hand so I can see you. Now, I know you're here, so hallelujah. All right, praise God. Hallelujah. Let's sing this one more time. Stand to your feet and let the devil know we're going to go right through it. To where you were there is well with my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. It is well.
Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory. God, we ask you to go with the righteous, with the people called by your name. Those God anointed, crowned, identified as a kingdom of priests and of kings. God, guide their way. Order their steps, God. Keep us in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. God, we thank you that you have laid out for us the statutes, the judgments, the laws, God, the principles that, Father, because of your great love for us, the love of Christ constrains us, God. It constrains us to yield to your honorary reverence in our life. And God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Oh, hey, you know what? I am sorry. Stop right where you are. Exxon. Hey, can I see that memorial tape? Man, Zon, I almost got hung. I'd have been had, buddy. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Thirteen folds. Each fold a reminder of a life spent in service. Service to country. Service to people. Protecting God-given rights. Preserving freedoms. Thirteen folds. At each fold, we remember the friends and family left behind. The mothers and fathers, sisters and brothers, sons and daughters left to pick up the pieces. Thirteen folds. And we remember the scriptures. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Each one loved greatly. We also remember that blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And today we pray, God be near those who need comfort. So, draw close to those who mourn. Make your presence and appreciation known. Let this church be a safe place, a comforting place. And let us honor those who have given their lives in service to this country. Thirteen folds to signify a life given to service. Amen. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Father, we as a church, as brothers and sisters in Christ, God, we pray blessing upon soldiers, people that have given it all, people that have sacrificed portions, the families, God, that have supported them and waited for them. We pray, God, that you would reach into every home of someone that has lost a loved one in the war. And God, let your mercy and your compassion be with children, spouses, mothers and fathers, and God, as well as, Father, those brothers and sisters. And God, we ask you to touch them today. 
thank you we could not say enough. But God, today, because of their sacrifices, we stand here out from under the oppression, God, and the tyranny of individuals. And we stand in a place that we are free to lift our hands. We are free to praise you. We are free to be, we are free, God, to be active in you, to share Christ with the world. God, we thank you for the sacrifice of those men. Watch over those that are still, God, in conflicts. And God, we ask it in Jesus' name. And veterans, thank you, thank you, thank you.